as you take out your swords before you sit down. Let's do some battle with the enemy, amen? Let's wield it. It is sharp, cutting between joint and marrow. And the first of our three Christmas messages today, and it may seem like a strange title, but it's really not, because suffering and service have led to the success that we now enjoy because of that child, that babe that was born in a manger. Jesus was not born at the Ritz, amen? You look at the Christmas story, it's filled with suffering. You have Joseph and Mary, Mary making that journey. She's nine months pregnant on a donkey heading 65 miles south from their home in Nazareth down to Bethlehem, the city of birth. Not an easy journey. The Lord gave us this incredible picture of what our salvation cost from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. Amen? To it is finished on Calvary's cross. And as we pick up in 1 Thessalonians uh, verse 6 in chapter 1, we find this incredible picture uh, of really a Christmas story in the truth about Christmas. The truth about Christmas is it's not about the presents under the tree. It's not about whether you have a tree or don't have a tree. It's not about the lights on the building. It's about heaven come down to earth for us. Amen? Verse 6 here in First Thessalonians 1, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word, and notice it, much affliction, pain, suffering, sorrow. The Christian life is not a life of ease. I, I have... The Lord has spoken to me. He said, Jeff, thou shalt not travel down Hawthorne Boulevard during Christmas season. (laughs) Because I may become slightly Arminian, might think I'd lose my salvation from doing that. It is is a time in, in which when you get caught up in what the world says about Christmas, you can almost lose the joy of the Lord. And yet God wants us in His presence. He wants us in that joy. He desires for us to experience the fullness of who He is. But at times there's affliction. That's why Jesus there in John 15 said what He said. He said, look, the world hated me first, amen? It's going to hate you. We were in big lots yesterday. Now, I know, don't judge me, okay? I have an aversion to paying $15 for something I can get for a buck, okay? (laughs) Hallelujah. Connie clips the coupons and I use them. But I'm in there and I'm watching people over $1 items. They're losing the sense of purpose in their, it's like they're, this guy's in this box of ribbon and he's, he's, not only is he actually throwing them out of the box, but he's swearing while he's doing it like Christmas ribbon is made better that way. <laughs> going like this. The world thinks of Christmas in a very different reality than we as the body of Christ think of Christmas. Amen? Travel with me here. We received it 
in much affliction, but with joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? We're supposed to have an internal joy that is irrepressible. It should be something that you are, not something you become. It is something that we are as the body of Christ. We are filled with the joy of the Lord. And if we are, then the joy of the Lord is also our strength. So that you have become examples to all of Macedonia and Acacia who believe. Notice this. That that joy, that irrepressible joy in the Holy Spirit given to those at Thessaloniki, as they're looking up at Mount Olympus, the, the home of the Greek pantheon, the gods, the joy of the Lord was known to the whole world in the midst of a place of tremendous adversity to the body of Christ. They stood out. They made a difference. Maybe you've experienced it already. I make it my aim this time of year. Whenever someone says, happy holidays, I, I don't just say, well, Merry Christmas. I'm like, Merry Christmas! It's like, you know, just kind of in their face a little bit. It's like they go, what's wrong with you? No, it's what's right with me. Amen? It's the Lord in me. One day I'm going to heaven. I already got my best gift. Everything else is worse. Amen? Notice where this goes. For from you the word of the Lord is sounded forth. Are, are you sounding forth the word of the Lord? Are you shouting his name? Is as it says out there in the banner, is Jesus the reason for your season or is it something else? Are you sounding forth? Not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but in every place, everywhere you go, everywhere we go as the body of Christ, is an opportunity for us to tell the world about Jesus. Charles Spurgeon said it, the most amazing sentence. He said, we ought to preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. I love that, amen? Because you can preach the gospel with the way you live. Whether you say anything or not, be a walking, talking picture of Jesus so somebody can see Jesus in you, who is your hope of glory. Your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not, notice this, need to say anything. The apostles, those who were missionaries at that time, traveling to this northern part of Greece in the shadow of Mount Olympus, no one needed to tell anyone about the faith of the Thessalonians. It was so well known by the way they lived their lives that everyone knew about them. Can that be said about us, church? Is the faith of the body of Christ at Calvary Chapel of South Bay so magnificent that we don't need to toot our own horn? That other people would know, amen? That they would just, oh, that's that crazy church where they talk about Jesus all the time. Those those wild people, those Jesus freaks. There's something seriously messed up. All they talk about is the Lord. Hallelujah. Let that be who we are in this world because the world needs that message and that message alone. Amen. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. In other words, the work that was done in the lives of the body of Christ at Thessaloniki, that was done through the apostles and through those that traveled with them, there was no need for anyone to speak of it. It was evident because they also just talked about Jesus. 
made him known the power of his resurrection. And he goes on to say that, and how that you turn to God from idols. How many in here have been turned away from idols? I have. If your hand isn't up and you're a child of God, let me tell you something. You used to serve, if nothing else, you used to serve the God of you. Amen? You got turned away from that false idol that was well known in the world. And that was not easy to do in Thessaloniki. Because they were the center of the worship of the Greek pantheon. They were looking at Mount Olympus, a scarce 50 miles away, just across the Aegean. There it was. Boom. They live up there. How about us? You can turn around, face north. You can see the pantheon of gods of this age, can't you? You see, we don't worship Hermes anymore. That was the god of commerce, by the way. We worship Wall Street. We don't necessarily worship Aphrodite or Pothos. Maybe Eros isn't on your wall someplace. You don't have a little plaque to him. But how many people worship the god of Cosmopolitan? Or the god of Hollywood? The god of those things which to this day trap the souls of men. That was not easy then. It's not easy now. And yet the story of the Christmas message is that God incarnate in human flesh left heaven's glory and came to this earth in a dingy manger, in a stable, so that we could have life and that life more abundant. Amen? Amen. From the idols to the true and the living God. Break every chain. We've been set free, amen? Amen. And he who the Son has set free is? Amen? It's the Christmas message. Sometimes we condense the Christmas message down to just this, this account we have in Luke's gospel. The whole of the Bible is the Christmas message, amen? Think about it for a second. Didn't God need to leave heaven to tend to Adam and Eve on their mess? And Cain and Abel's mess? And Noah's mess? And Abraham's mess? And Isaac's mess? And your mess and my mess. Amen? I always tell the pastors here ministry's messy. Get over yourself. It's a mess. We're dealing with the wretched hearts of men that desperately need the grace of God. That's going to be a mess. It's the Christmas message is that he came to square away the mess that we might have that life. To wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us now from the wrath to come. You see, it really is a Christmas message. We're supposed to follow that example of Jesus. We're supposed to follow the example of the apostles. And when you look at their lives, suffering and serving just simply go together. There's no escaping it. At times, in order to be a believer in our day and time, it's going to cost you some friends. It may cost you a promotion. 
You, you may have to pay a little extra because you won't do what everybody else does, which is a lie, cheat, and steal. If you refuse to compromise, you will be pun, pen, penalized. You, 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 yeah, you'll have something to do. <laughs> Penalized and punished, both. Punalized, that's a new word. Urban Dictionary, in Jesus' name. I love that. It's a Holy Spirit thing. You'll be punalized. Somebody write it down. I want credit for it. Because I don't think it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Just me. You, you see, you're gonna, you're, when you follow the example of Christ, you're going to be at odds with the world. Amen? We were talking backstage before we came out, the worship team, uh, as, as we're standing there, you know, and, and I don't mean to diminish the medical aspect of this, but when you think about it, we're all bipolar, flesh and spirit, right? So we're kind of fighting ourselves sometimes. You got this flesh is over here and the spirit's over here. There's a little bit of a war going on within each of us. Praise God for the spirit of God overcoming our flesh. Amen. Part of the Christmas message, he came so that we could have that victory, so that you no longer walk after the dictates of your flesh. But following that example, you're going to end up in situations that are going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It comes with the holy territory that we now occupy. Do you ever think of that? Do you wonder why that will take off your sandals for the ground that you now stand on as holy? Have you ever thought of yourself occupying holy, holy ground for the king and for the kingdom? Have you thought of that? Because you do. As a child of God, the spirit of God dwells in you. You have the power of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now in you. And you are Christ's representatives on this earth. So when Jesus came as a babe in a manger, he didn't come to stay that way. He came so that he can come again as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? The first time he came here. The next time we're going to meet him there. And after that, he's coming here again. Glory. No wonder the angels were shouting in exclamation. The angel says there in Luke 2, verse 10, Then the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David, Christ, our Savior, our Lord. It wasn't just another baby. You see, while we suffer and we follow those examples, we begin to imitate some wonderful, amazing men and women of faith that did the same exact things that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to carry on the tradition, so to speak. Jesus said, look, learn of me. See what's going on in my life. Hopefully we have leaders here, leadership here, whose godly example you can follow, but you surely could have followed Paul's. You could have followed Jesus's. You could have followed the example of the church in Thessalonica. You see, when you think about where we need to be and what we need to do and how we need to get there, we have plenty of examples to follow. 
And we need to do that well. Very often in in the midst of our struggles, our trials, our tribulations on this earth, we're tempted to ask God those why questions. And though they're certainly rational, they might be better framed instead of why, Lord, rather what, Lord? Instead of asking God why it is that you're going through what you're going through, why your Christmas tree is three feet shorter than everyone else's, and I'm not diminishing anyone's situation here by any means, but we get hung up on those kinds of things, don't we? I can't tell you how many people will call and say, well, you know, I just don't have this. Look, the fact of the matter is that statistically speaking here in our country, the average family ends up with $1,500 worth of debt every single Christmas. Most of them don't pay that debt off in the following year, so that's pretty simple. That means debt compounds upon debt year to year to year. I do not believe that's what the Lord intended in celebrating Christmas. So maybe we need to readjust some of those things, the way we think, what we do. Not dismissing those that have abundance. But look, Christmas joy does not come because you got an iPhone, an iPad, or an i-whatever. Christmas joy comes from the joy of the Lord that comes to you in the form of Christ our Savior. So in this world, when you go through those things, Imagine if Jesus was always asking why. You you can almost hear the questions. Because he was still Emmanuel, God with his people in the manger, amen? He was God there. Form of a baby. Spoke as a child. But that was a God-man. Can you almost imagine Jesus? Dad, what is up with this? This is a manger! Or how about at the courtyard of Pilate? Seriously, Dad? I created him and he's beating me. Or worse yet, the cross. He actually asked a question and answered it himself, didn't he? He said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, the answer was God had not forsaken him. God had allowed his only son, to take your sin and mine to the cross. And that is why he followed it. Aren't you glad it didn't end there? He followed it with it is finished. And Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I'm coming home. You see, for us, we're tempted to stick in the why places. Please go to the what places in the Lord. What are you trying to do, God? What are you speaking into my life? What is this supposed to teach me? How can this be used of value for your kingdom? The result of that being played out in your life and mine is fearless faith. It's faith that endures in time of testing and trouble. Exactly what we see in in the life of Jesus. Have you ever tracked through the story of our Lord while he was on this earth and imagined yourself in any way capable of being in that situation, maybe you would have gotten to the time where he's instructing the disciples. And he's sojourning with them in the region of northern Galilee. And as he's there with them, 
about the third or fourth dumb thing that came out of Peter's mouth, I'm like, I'm getting new disciples. But he didn't. Aren't you thankful that the Lord turns wise into what's all the time? like there's something that's going to happen in Peter's life. It looks like it's only a why, but it was truly a what. And of course, we have the blessing of reading Peter's letters after Jesus goes home, amen? And we know lots of the what's because Peter told us about them. You have that fearless faith that comes from that. You just trust God. And here's why, as you look at these verses... Look, the Thessalonians were in the thick of it. They're they're looking at Mount Olympus. They're in a city that a majority of it is dedicated, at least in spots, to the Greek pantheon. There's a statue to Eros. There's one over here to Hermes. There's another to Aphrodite. You live in the same world. It's just now it's a mall. Right? Think about it. You walk in there. You don't think people still don't worship the same Greek gods? Wrinkle cream, $275. No joke. I'm looking at it. It's $275. You could dunk my head in it. It's not going to work. And yet people at times are over there. Well, if I just buy some more of this, I buy some more of that. I mean, pretty soon they're going to put elastics in hats to try and pull our heads up so that our skin doesn't sag. I don't know. We're still worshiping the same things. I always laugh when I I see these stories about Hollywood starlets and, and stars. And have you ever noticed how they get younger as they get near 60? It's like one year they're 57, the next year they're 54. (laughs) Then all of a sudden they're 29 again. We worship the same things as a culture, as humanity. The Lord came to set us free from worshiping the idols of this world. It's one of the reasons that Jesus came in the first place. Man, can we be misled. Now we worship at the altar of atheism or humanism or hedonism or narcissism or materialism or shopaholism. It's another word. You won't find it in the dictionary, but it's a, it's a god. I've seen a few folks this last couple of weeks. Had one lady, she actually had her child get out of the car so she could put more stuff in and then put the kid in afterwards. <laughs> There's something wrong with that picture, okay? It's like, okay, I think I'm going to make it home, Mom. We live 25 miles from Mount Olympus of our culture. Very similar. Praise God the Christian life doesn't end here. Amen? Can I tell you a little secret? It doesn't end here for anybody. The question is, where are you spending that eternity? People only think that they get their 80, 90, 100 years, and then maybe you cease to exist. 
But the fact of the matter is, everyone is spending eternity somewhere. The only question is where. And so when you think of that, that's why the Thessalonians were patiently waiting. Because they recognized there was more to life than this life. That gave them an eternal perspective. And for you and I, we await the return of the king. Amen? That's the glory of the life that we now live. You, you see, in those moments where you kind of look at the world through that lens, perhaps of the way the world functions today in a human sense, that lens is clouded. You need to clear that up by looking through the eternal lens of Scripture. Through who we are in Christ, through what Jesus did by coming to this earth. And what will happen is we need to turn from sin. We need to be fervent in the service that we have before the Lord. And we need to be waiting for his return. That gives you an expectant hope. If we're hoping in Christmas trees and presents and, and cars, anybody else shocked by the car commercials? Again, if you own a car dealership, if you work at a car dealership, if you have anything to do with cars, forgive me. I'm not picking on car dealers. I always get little letters. Well, you just ruined my business. No, I'm not trying to ruin anybody's. I'm saying that when Christmas is associated with buying your wife, you're a horrible husband if you don't buy your wife a Lexus. Shame on you. Those are the things that are conveyed to us, right? Isn't that what happens? And pretty soon you're like, oh, you know, I can't afford this. I can't. If, if, look, Jesus afforded everything for you. He paid for your life on the cross. The earth and the fullness of it's his, so you all get it later anyway. Stay focused on heaven, family. Because it is what comes later that is your real home. This world isn't it. So tread lightly. Think about it with the right set of values, the right mindset. And remember that one day the Lord of heaven, who came the first time as a baby, who left as a man, is coming back so that we can spend eternity with him. Amen? Would you stand and let's close in prayer. Worship team, Ricky's going to come back up. If you're here today and maybe you've got, you've got some things going on in your life, you need somebody to pray with you, perhaps you heard that gospel message because the gospel message is a simple message. Jesus Christ came to this earth for the sole purpose of dying for your sins. He was raised from the dead to prove that he was God. God did that by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Lord wants you to know him personally. We have people waiting in the prayer room who would love to pray with you. That you would know him in the power of his resurrection. If that's you and you need prayer, prayer team's waiting to pray with you. For the rest of us, man, let's be about our Father's business this Christmas season. Amen? But let's worship him freely. Amen? He's worthy of that praise. We should be with the angels singing hallelujah. Don't let anything steal your joy because it's not attached to this earth. Your joy came from heaven above 
And that grace that's able to save is able to keep and able to get you home to be with him. Amen? Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for the wondrous, glorious work of your spirit. And pray that you would now, in our hearts and minds, cause us to focus on the wonders of heaven. Lord, help us to live heavenly lives now. And we pray for those that perhaps came this morning and they're wondering who this king is, who this Jesus is, your only son. We, we pray, Father God, that you by your spirit would convict, convict of that gospel message and cause people to know the power of your resurrection. We bless you. We praise you. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people all said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.